Hi, I'm Daniel Budai, and this is the Ecom Show, a podcast where you can learn more about the world of high-performing e-commerce players and marketers. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. Let's grow your e-commerce business together. Hello everyone, here's Daniel with another episode and today I'm talking to Kieran Rogers who is the marketing director of an amazing agency, Target Internet. Um, This agency is from the UK and uh, they have worked with clients such as Tesco, Oracle, Xerox or Sony, UBS, BBC, British Council. And if you visit their website, you can find out there that uh, they are huge on uh, marketing courses. You can find a ton of materials and many of these are uh, free on the website. So check out uh, their website and you can find different uh, courses, qualifications. They even have surveys where you can benchmark yourself, your knowledge and where your business uh, is at the moment. Um, also, what you have to know about Kieran, so he started marketing um, before the 2000s, before Google, and uh, he, I think he really stands for a unique approach in digital marketing because he really believes in psychology, storytelling, and also his education is, uh, is English uh, grammar, uh, but he will... He will um, or literature, not just grammar, but he will tell uh, more about it in the in the podcast episode soon. So he has this very uh, human approach to digital marketing and marketing in general, and I think it's really missing nowadays in uh, in the world of digital um, marketing. Also, uh, he's been uh, um, he's been uh, conducting a podcast for more than ten years, and just recently. They uh, achieved the three millionth download of their uh, podcast, and uh, I think he's an amazing guy, <laughs> uh, as you can feel now. So keep listening, and I hope you will learn a lot from this episode. Hey everyone, here is Daniel Budai with another episode of our Ecom Show, and today I'm here with uh, Kieran Rogers from uh, from England. I love I love right. I love white. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and um, I, I do like the idea of Isle of Wight, though. <laughs> kind of, yeah. yeah, gives an extra gravitas to everything I say. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, he's he has a tremendous uh, experience in the world of marketing, digital marketing, and uh, I hope he can share uh, just a tiny part of it today with our listeners. So, hey, Kieran, how are you today? I am well. I'm excited, excited for this interview. Yeah, great. So, I, you know, every guest, when, um, when we start the conversation, I like asking them, how did they come up with the crazy idea of becoming a digital marketer? <laughs> you know what? When I was at school, there was no such thing. Like, it didn't even exist. Yeah, um, yeah. I've always done stuff that I love because I'm I'm better at it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. More fun doing it, right? So that's What's always it? been my and it's not a great guiding light really because I love loads of stuff, but um but yeah, I I suppose I fell into marketing really. I started out in sales. 
um, sales background mm -hmm. um, and I was very good with people and um, yep. uh, love telling stories and sharing stories as all part of the sales process. And I suppose the natural next step was, was marketing because it was better paid. Um, I, yeah. I spent 13 years working for a nonprofit. Okay. So getting a bit of a pay rise was a, was a huge, huge deal. And actually my, my boss at the time, my, my marketing manager resigned and I was just kind of her right hand man, if you like. And he went, he put me into his office and said, well, Kieran, you, you've heard, obviously your boss has resigned and uh, you might not be up to it, but I thought he'd give you a crack of the whip. Let's give it three months, see how it goes. What do you reckon? <laughs> like, hey, if you think I can do it. And uh, yeah, he was a great mentor. And I got to work with some amazing um, people, actually, that had you know, been in marketing for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. But it, this was very early on. So this would have been, oh, I suppose, 1998 or thereabouts. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of the things we take for granted now just didn't exist then. You know, Google was but a, a glint in someone's yeah. eye um and the internet the internet had been around for a few years but it was very basic like when i first started yeah, i remember getting excited that they brought out this new thing called tables daniel and tables were brilliant on, on a web page it meant you could put text next to pictures before that we couldn't do that you know when i first started coding coding yeah. web pages so so yeah that's that's kind of how i how I, I fell into it and what i found was i ended up learning a lot by trying trial and error trying stuff out and reading mm -hmm. as much as I could, really, um, there wasn't a great deal out there. And I used to listen to some very early, really early podcasts. We didn't even have podcasting back then. So I used to, I remember downloading these audio files onto, and burning them onto CD so I could listen to them in my car. It's like, why, who would do that? Yeah, that was me. I did that. But that, that's how it was, how it was done. And, um, and yeah, I suppose I, I grew up with this stuff as it was yeah. sort of being, being formed. So actually, I found I was teaching the experienced marketers how they could do stuff with this this internet thing yeah 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 it's amazing especially burning cds i i also did this when i was a kid and <laughs> dvds but i i think i i would have never uh, burnt uh you know podcasts and i i yeah well they I, weren't even called podcasts because there was no rss feeds so the, the yeah. platform didn't didn't exist and when it did come along and then eventually i got my first ipod oh my gosh this is amazing 2002 2003 yeah, yeah it would have been about then yeah about 2000 yeah, yeah 2003 2004 it was a bit slow behind the curve i'm from the isle of Wight, since then always make it here so quick <laughs> but yeah that, and uh, yeah I, that, then there was a real because you can cover a lot of ground and you can do it in like dead time. And I guess that's one of the things that got me into me into podcasting. Yeah, yeah 100%. And, you know, um, of course, it depends on the person as well. There are visual people. There are more like uh, audio kind of people. Yeah. People learn in different ways, but it also depends on what you want to learn. So, yeah. for example, uh, you cannot really learn communication from a book in my opinion it's, it's hard because it's dull it's to read about it it's, really, it's very yeah. hard to write about marketing communications in an exciting and zippy exactly zippy way and sustain it like fine for a short blog post but to sustain that over a whole book and i think that's where you know he, people people are great people are really interesting and they add their own color and stories and backgrounds to, to everything you learn and i think that's why podcasting is such a great platform to learn from yeah, and it's been growing. It's 
it has its renaissance now, I think. I um, definitely, yeah, I was doing some, uh, to take a look in Google Trends. This is something you can all do. So go along to Google Trends and yeah. compare podcasting with blogging. And you can see that over the last kind of three, four months, it's just start, started. There's more searches for podcasts and podcasting mm -hmm. than there are for, for blogging now. It's like, wow, whoever, whoever thought that would happen, but it's a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, where is your focus recently uh, in the la last uh, few years, let's say? All over the place, actually. I'm, I'm really focused at the moment on a couple of things. I'm very interested in email marketing again. Um, I think, gosh, you know, guys, if you're not email marketing, you're missing a trick. It's one of the best channels ever. If you've, if you've built a really good, you know, loyal list that, that like what you do, uh, email marketing is the way forward and the reason I say that is because you actually own that audience like it's like yeah. owned media um you know for all of your social platforms so they're, they're great you know I've I've had a, a, few, a few times in, in in my career back in the day everybody was sort of building you know big big business profiles on MySpace but yeah that that does you a lot of good now right <laughs> you know and literally you, you that was one of the first examples I think where suddenly people realize, gosh, all this work we've put into one platform, we don't own that platform. Like we don't own the relationship with our, with yeah. our audience. And that's really dangerous. And it's, it's as true now as it was uh, back then, it, particularly with, you know, with Facebook, with LinkedIn, with Instagram, you know, all of those platforms. It's lovely that you've built this following, but it is potentially a risk. If you're completely reliant on that and the platform suddenly changes the, the rules of engagement, they change how you're able to engage with that audience you're a bit stuck. You're a bit up up the creek without a paddle, to, to take the polite version of that yeah. phrase. Um, and we had this recently with a LinkedIn group. We, 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 we do the digital marketing podcast and we built a LinkedIn group for that. Um, and it had been great success. And we had, mm -hmm. I think we've got nearly 4,000 followers on there. And, and when GDPR came out, LinkedIn made some changes to their groups, which meant mm -hmm. that before we'd been able to email the whole group like once a week or so yeah um, it was great and you know, whenever we posted they'd all get no, mo like noticed um mm -hmm. like notified that it was there and suddenly overnight this changed and that group went from being quite a useful tool to being utterly useless because it's about as useful as a chocolate teapot now really um just wow. because you know people are, haven't got time to keep nipping into to linkedin groups to see what's being posted and see what's there and i think you know it could happen on any platform you don't have that with email you know, email is, is yours. You own that relationship and, you know, long way that continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same with SMS, but probably that's the end of the list, the short yeah, list. Yeah, there's, there's, um, there's few ways. I think SMS is amazing. It's an amazing way of, of, you know, sending short, sharp messages and keeping in touch. And I think actually both of the channels, what's lovely about email is it's a little bit, you know, it's, it's not so demanding of your time. You know, I, I've seen, you know, a big proliferation of, of like, even web pages can like pop up messages now with your browser and stuff. And it, although it has its place, um, like you can't overuse that, that kind of um, medium. I think what's lovely about email is you, as a user, you get to choose when you're going to deal with it. You know, it's not like yeah. SMS is uh, and any sort of, you know, it's text limited. messaging. It's, it's very demanding of your time, like deal with me here now. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's much more 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 sort of instant. So for, for some communications, it's perfect, but for others, not so. I think you know ultimately what every marketer should be aiming to do, and this has always been the case, right? You, you've got to build a relationship with people, uh, and you do that by being a bit more human and by sharing and giving uh, a lot. Actually, you know, never underestimate what you need to give to 
to get an audience to commit. You must find this with the podcast, right? You know, you're in yeah. a way with a podcast, you're only as good as your last episode. Because <laughs> once <laughs> people unsubscribe, you know, that's it. So yeah, I'm hoping I'm not turning anybody off here. Hope this is good, good content for you. Um, but yeah, you get my you get my point. So I think so email is definitely a big focus for me. And I think also one of the other things that's hugely influencing that at the moment is the huge shift away from third-party cookies. Um, and I, I don't know whether your listeners are, are aware of this. I'm sure you've like touched on it or, or they may have read, read stuff about it. But yeah, um, yeah. essentially being able to, to track vast audiences and stalk them across the, the interweb is going to become increasingly difficult. Um, and even Google have come out of their box and said by, by next year, you know, their browser won't be supporting third party cookies. And these yeah. cookies are hugely powerful. Um, you know, for the likes of Facebook to enable you know people to track vast audiences um, and be in the right place at the right time when that that potential customer is is ready to buy, you know, it's very very powerful. And a lot of marketers have gotten a little bit hooked on this. Um, suddenly, lots of moves being made to make that harder because privacy is really important. And I've always maintained this. Like as a marketer, you you know you're you have to have that that trust, and you should always be doing stuff for your audience never to them right and this is the thing with digital marketing um not being around the block a few times in the digital marketing world there's loads of ways you can do stuff to your audience using digital technology and a lot of it starts with like tracking cookies and you know retargeting and stuff and it's just wrong like when you think about it that's just kind of a violation they didn't ask for it um and actually i think what's fascinating is that almost marketing's come full circle so for a time we we're all dazzled by programmatic marketing and all this stuff you could do with tracking and you know yeah. privacy just went out the window it's stalking basically it's stalking literally literally yeah. and like nobody none of us like being stalked marketers hate it uh, yeah. and yet we do it all of the all of the time and it's come full circle like that's all going to be turned off and suddenly it's oh gosh it's like the sky is about to fall in our heads when you read some of the blogs out there it's like i know facebook are really panicking about it because it's a it's a it's a big tick tick in their box for their for their advertising platform yeah. a lot of marketers have dined out on that for years and years and years um but the party's over and actually what's really interesting is that traditional marketing you know go back to when i started you know 25 26 years ago we didn't have any of this it's back to basics really and I, so i'd encourage all of your all of your listeners if you're worried about this don't don't be worried like there are there are tried and tested techniques and mechanisms for doing it. it's called marketing and you, you actually need to learn some of the nuts and bolts, traditional marketing techniques. I think what's really exciting, though, is that now we've got, you know, a whole layer of, of digital channels that we can reach people through. And we've got programmatic tools. You know, we've got CRM systems. So even things like, you know, direct mail. Oh, it's like it's such a powerful medium. And I, I found it's been so good for you know, really augmenting and, and supercharging what we, we as an organization do online, but by combining it with direct mail. Now, direct mail, people look, sort of laugh at off, look at you like, are you insane? Everybody knows that's old fashioned and very expensive. Well, yeah, it used to be back in the day when you mail shotted everybody. But you don't have to do that now. You can do programmatic mail. So all that stuff that you did to people online, well, why not try doing stuff for them and sending them some really cool, great stuff. Like, would that build a relationship? Hell yeah. Your favourite people are the people that post your Christmas and birthday presents, aren't they? They're like, oh, wow. imagine what your relationship would be like with an organisation that, that did that. And what's great about this is we can use these, you know, a lot of digital signals to work out you know, yeah. who the best potential prospects are and start combining the real world with the digital layer. And that 
in my experience, is where the magic really, really happens and you can get some, some amazing results from doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we also tried postcards with a few e-commerce clients and got uh, very nice results. So I, I really want our team to experiment more with this in the future. It's, and uh, It stands to reason, right? Like my front doormat is nowhere near as busy as my email inbox. Right, but yeah. you start combining the two together, together with you know things like um, you know programmatic uh, digital video ads, you know short. Like what I found works best uh, on a video platform, if you're using like display ads, really really short form videos, and by short I mean really short, like six to eight seconds max. Um, and when I first started playing around with these, I was like, whoa, how can I get my message in there? You'd be amazed how much information you can communicate through that. But you have to sort of really peel it back and boil it down to the one question that all, all customers everywhere, no matter what they're in the market to buy, it's the only question they really care about. Uh, and this is like so important. Like when I've said this, you should all stop and write it down. <laughs> have, I, have I bigged it up enough, Daniel? Have I bigged this up? Do you know what the question is? Sorry, I, I, I got lost for ten, like five seconds. <laughs> you know what question all customers ask? It's the only yeah. one question they care about. The question is, yeah. what's in it for me? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. you think about it. Like, you, even since you got up this morning, you've probably asked that, you know, a million times already, even down to what you ate for breakfast and what you decided to wear today. It yeah. Was, there was a little what's in it for me. And this is what customers obsess about. And actually, if you can tune into that, you can be there with a with an answer at the right time and the, and the right place all, all of the time. And little video um, clips that sort of remind them of that solution that you have for their for their problem. I like to think of it like scratching an itch, you know, because that's doing something for somebody rather than rather than to mm. them. It's, it's a bit more invited contact. Yeah. Um, and every business has these, and that's what you've sort of got to do. You've got to work out, you know, what's the itch our customers really need to scratch. What what are they really hungry for? And then just give them a banquet of it really um and yeah. and if it's really good if they have a really great experience guess what they tell other people like oh, word of mouth is huge it always has been and it's, it's it, underestimated it's massively and hilarious yeah. to me how everybody got hooked up on the whole it was almost like a, a pandemic in its own right actually the whole oh i've got to get social media likes and comments and shares because it's like word of mouth it's like yeah, but what about real word of mouth and actually, what, what's interesting now, the real conversations going on, I think, in most marketplaces, mm -hmm. are happening, well, they're happening in a hidden way. It's called dark social. And it's yeah. probably making a real mess of your analytics at the moment. So basically, if I share anything um, privately through, like Daniel, let's say I SMSed you or I emailed you a, a little link I'd found on social media. Maybe I WhatsApp it because I know you're on WhatsApp and you know we, we, we've got each other's number there. That's how we communicate. Whatever channel it is, all of those things... They're, they're not going to provide your web analytics with referral information. So although, you know, I might see something really cool on Facebook, for example, um, that you've posted, and I might share it with my mate, my mate Benny, because I know he'd love that. He'd love this, this podcast episode. I share that link with him via SMS or via email um, yep. or via WhatsApp. It doesn't really matter. All of those things are non-HTTP or HTTPS. So they're not going to provide any referral information. So that, that traffic, when Benny follows that link, is going to go directly into that most useless of segments, the non-direct. Like every analytics package has that. And like, so what can you do with that? Like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that big void. And that's where a lot of it's going. But what's interesting is that's how we share. You know, if you see something cool and you wanted to get it to me, you wouldn't post it on Facebook 
because everybody you know on Facebook would see it, including yeah. you know your great mad auntie Sharon, and you know yeah. then you've got to explain it to her. Like we just don't do that. Like we do, we, we share stuff privately, and all the all the data out there um, suggests that's what's going on. And and so you know by one of the things I think is really important is adding UTM tracking codes. You know track your analytics properly. You know mark yeah. every post up with what network it was posted on. And then you can start measuring it a bit more. So then when you know Benny gets my email link or my WhatsApp link, now I know where it's come from. Even though Benny never went on Facebook, if 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 I hadn't seen it and shared it or you know and passed it on to him, um, then then it wouldn't have happened. So you know there's a lot that you can do to improve your measurement, but it's about that's still yeah it's, it's still it's 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 still only the top layer. Yeah. still only the top layer and what's amazing is when you start to work out no what is actually driving those spikes on your pay-per-click or on your you know organic or on your direct very often it's real world events and you know the whole world needs to wake up to how amazing pr is you know i had one client who got one mention mm-hmm. in the sunday times newspaper yeah and their analytics just went nuts Absolutely yeah. nuts. And like, this is an organization, a small website takes maybe eight to 12,000 pounds a month. Like not, not huge, not inconsiderable. Mm-hmm. Um, and in one day they took 30 grams and in the week they took like, like 60, 70 grams all from one mention in the newspaper. And you yeah. look at the analytics yeah. and nothing in that analytics told you where it'd come from because the newspaper, well, it's analog. There is no JavaScript that tracks it. And we, we knew what that was because you know the, the PR agency flagged it. It's like, oh, hey, this is this is what like it, it coincides. It's got to be that, and it was. It was that. But think how many hundreds of things happen every month or every year that could be you know causing those little spikes in digital channels for you. And you're looking at your analytics, and you don't really know what's causing it. So hey, you can't do more of what works, and that's that's a golden rule in marketing. Like find out what works and do more of it. <laughs> yeah. There's a lovely. Um, a movie mogul in the 50s, um, head of a, of a movie studio. And he famously always used to say to his writers, I want the same, but different. <laughs> and I think that's what, you know, that's what marketers have to do. You know, I know, I know what it's like. It's hard. You've got to get out there and you've got to, you know, improve on what you, you did this time last year um, and add loads more to it. P- possibly this time around with less money and less resources and less people to do it. It's, yeah. it's tough, right? It's tough. But that's what you do. You, you literally watch and you learn and you spot what works. But I think where the trick everybody's missing is they've got their eye on the digital ball. And guess what? People have real lives as well. People talk to one another, stuff goes on in the real world. People pick up mailings and they see stuff at the cinema and they and they read newspapers and books and they watch telly. And they talk to each other. And they talk to each other. Yeah. You know, who, who, who goes down the pub and talks to each other about that email that they receive? Well, maybe if it was really exceptional, but no, like there's this whole massive thing. And even if you look at all this stats that they love to trot out on, you know, how many hours people spend online, I think in the UK, it's about six, seven hours a, a day on average. But actually, when you dig into that, most of that spent watching streaming TV services or listening to, to radio. Or chatting with friends. Chatting, you're chatting with friends, not, not you know, on Facebook so people can sell you stuff. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's just, I just think we all need to grow up and wake up and realize that there's a real world out there and you can embrace it and you can combine it with digital. Like digital is not this separate thing. It, it infiltrates lots of the real world things. But when you realize that, you can start coming up with some absolutely killer strategies. Yeah. Well, that's my take on it. 
I'm really hoping this will inspire people to go, yes, yes, he's he's right. He's Kieran from the Isle of Wight, or Isle of Wight even. (laughs) Yeah, I I hope this is a wake-up call for everyone uh, because I feel that digital marketers, many of them, probably most of them, they are very analytical, numbers-driven, and they just ignore psychology and how people actually work. It's more than that. You see, everybody's obsessed with what they can measure. And we yeah. love a good, I, yeah, yeah. No, don't get me wrong, I love a good analytics report. It's so convincing, isn't it? Those graphs and yeah. charts and lines. But get real, it doesn't measure everything. There's loads that it doesn't measure. Yeah. Um, and so you, you, your eye is massively off the ball if that's all you're looking at. You know, I've worked for some big retailers in the UK and it used to really annoy me that they saw digital as a separate, completely separate channel. So, you know, they weren't aware that you had two separate teams. So we had one team working on email marketing and another completely separate team working on direct mail. Um, and the email marketing team used to whoop with joy every, oh, every, every six weeks or so because they'd have a, an email subject line that knocked it out of the park. Yes, get in there, look at what we've done. They w- would whoop, it used to annoy everyone else in the open plan office, but they whoop with joy. Um, take, taking a broad look, I knew that we were sending out a mail shot every six weeks. And funnily enough, it always coincided with when we had that really successful email. It's like, yeah, of course it does. Of course it does, because you're multi-layering the message. So of course, that's, mm-hmm. but because they were looking at the two separate things, they didn't see the, the connection. And they also didn't see the connection, you know, when you drove, you had a good, could have a good email that would drive large numbers of people in store. But again, because we couldn't directly measure that, the systems that we had, it was never really like leveraged on as a strategy. And it's it's ridiculous. Customers don't care whether they're a, like they don't class themselves as I'm a web customer. Oh no, I'm an email customer or or even I'm a, I'm a mobile customer. <laughs> yeah. but, but that's how analytics forces us to look at these things. Yeah, it's the yeah. same people. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Get real, it's the same people. So don't, don't throw the baby out in the bathwater and only look at what you know you can measure like try harder gosh do a search now for google annotations and start annotating real world things into your analytics and you will start to draw the correlations between you know cool stuff that's happening um on online and cool stuff that you're doing in the real world and eventually you start to spot a few a few winners and you might even start putting some some like marketing support and resources behind that real world stuff that's actually paying paying for everything <laughs> like yeah, it's actually yeah. bank rolling bank rolling the business like far too many companies are like cutting back on all that stuff because you think oh it's not working no you just can't measure it properly that's that's a very different thing and so now we're back to you know market research and um you know all that old-fashioned stuff um you know actually gosh when was the last time all of your listeners spoke to their customers yeah, exactly. God, just ask them. Like, how how could we do? How could we do a better job for you? What do we do that annoys you? What could we do better? What do you really love about what we do? Why why are you our customer? You know, why didn't you go with the competition? What like you need to know the answer to these questions. You're never going to find that in analytics. You're not going to find that in some social media dashboard. You just need to get out and speak to a few people. Even even doing that, I think, I think is amazing. Like, make friends. Like. Bribe, they're very bribable with donuts the people that work in customer services i find and they're they're amazing because they speak to your customers 24 7 if you have a, a team like that they'll tell you they'll tell you what they hate about the website are you brave enough <laughs> are you brave enough to but you know get in there and, and fix some of this stuff so that's that's the other thing i'm obsessed about we just mentioned email i'm also obsessed with conversion rate optimization um because gosh that is the route to riches for for, for sure 
yeah. know, we'll work out whatever your, I don't know, wait, do, you, do you have like conversion, um, conversion rates for the website that you run, Daniel? You've got a good idea of what percentage of people convert? Uh, where? On our website? Yeah, or? yeah. <sighs> Honestly, I have no idea, but you know, we, we, so we have our website, but we don't have a huge traffic as an agency. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. We have like 50 visitors a day, something like that. And uh, B2B uh, attribution and tracking, I think it's even trickier than e-commerce, let's say. Oh, for sure. For sure. Because Because you've not just got one person in the decision. You've got like 15. Exactly. And any one of them might take three or four months. And it's a longer (laughs) cycle. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to convince loads of people. At this point, I just gave up to track it also because (laughs) we don't have huge numbers. I, it's different than e-commerce yeah. for sure. But even even little things like putting some tracking, like putting a goal conversion on your web to lead forms. Yeah. Like if yeah, more yeah. people got in touch that way, like a little, little simple measurement like that. I, I help lots of organizations with their analytics and stuff. And I'm always mm-hmm. amazed at how many people have never even set up their goals properly. Like maybe it was done when the analytics was first set up, but it's not really a, a goal in any, like you, these things have got to like constantly evolve as the business yeah. does. But, you know, if you could take, your convert let's say like half of one percent like a 0.5 percent of your visitors converted like filled out a web to lead form if you could improve that that kind of funnel and increase that to one percent say yeah that might be you know maybe that you you might have four or five ideas that each kind of contribute like 0.2 percent difference yeah Um, Yeah. suddenly daniel you've just doubled your business size exactly like exactly. half a percent to one percent doesn't sound like very much, but but those like and it sounds kind of far fetched. Could we double our conversion rate? Yeah, in a lot of instances you could, or at least have a go. Like see how far you get with it, see how far you can push it. And these things don't happen overnight. And there's loads of experts out there that can help you um, with this. Um, and there's lots of there's lots of books that you can read up on it and learn how to do it yourself. Actually, um, I'm a massive fan of a book called Making Websites Win. It's done by mm conversion rate experts go along to conversionrateexperts.com and i like i don't i'm not an affiliate of theirs this isn't really a plug it's just a great book and actually if you sign up for their email they will post you a paper copy it's well it's well worth doing it's nice. such a good book such a good book because it teaches you everything they've learned about conversion rate optimization over the last kind of 15 years and th- these guys actually invented the phrase conversion rate optimization Wow. Um, just just incredible to to be learning from but they've written such a gosh it's so easy to understand and easy to read um why because they're conversion rate experts like they know the words shouldn't get in the way and that's yeah. that's another thing i'm very focused I'm, at the moment i'm trying to teach myself to write a bit better um, and more simple right yeah yeah and there's there's loads of ways that you can do that like check out hemingway app the Hemingway app, it's free. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, it's I, so yeah. good for taking whatever you write and just making it easy to understand because very often the words get in the way. You know, we, we exactly. like, and very often we go with like first drafts and stuff. It's like, no, no. And actually I'm, I've taken a few of the journalists I work to task um, using that tool. And actually you can, you can always improve what they've written because very often they just get a bit carried away with themselves and the words get in the way. Like the, when people read online uh, in particular, don't make them think like the easier you can make it the better because they don't tend to read it all anyway they skim read so there's simply you can like short snappy sentences and get to the point quickly and all that stuff yeah and all that stuff kind of comes but tools like Hemingway and Grammarly um, can really really help you fine-tune that I think yeah and always read out loud what you 
You just throw it. It's such a good, such a good thing to do. Yeah. And never proof your own work. Always get someone else to read it. Cause it's like, yeah, I say, you just don't see your own faults. You know, you yeah. need someone else to tell you your baby is ugly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No one wants to hear that, but yeah, someone, yeah. someone you trust that can tell you that. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. good. Yeah. So going back to the world of digital and, uh, and people's people are data driven, which is important, but uh, it's not everything. I think uh, it's a big challenge nowadays. Um, but I also think that it's probably because of laziness, you know, because it's so easy to go to analytics and take a look at the numbers, but maybe it's harder to call customers and talk to them. It, it's, it's a bit of everything, really. Look, everybody's really busy. You know, nobody, mm-hmm. I don't know anybody in marketing that has tons of free time. There's yeah. always there's always more to be done. There's always demands. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you have to take a few few shortcuts. But you know, when that shortcut involves never taking out time to learn, never taking out time to to stretch yourself and read books, suddenly you are at the mercy of whatever you can learn or sort of cobble together by reading lots of short little three, four minute, five to eight hundred word blog posts. That's not a great way of learning. And actually the quality of those. Yeah, most of that shallow. content is written well most of it's written by people with affiliate links to sell right they're just looking to to yeah. get a few signups and look i'm looking at some articles recently on uh you know best email service providers and the ones that everybody recommends funnily enough they're the ones that offer affiliate it's like no that's such a shame like what a, what don't send me short <laughs> like give me how it is I want, I want something independent so um yeah. So, so, so yeah so like take the time to learn you know look up you know, organizations like the Chartered Institute of Marketing, they're amazing. They've got some incredible courses and, and, and training. And it's all taught by, you know, really well-versed um, practicing marketers. You know, these aren't university lecturers that they've dug out of some hole. Um, I, I help run a few courses for the CIM. And uh-huh. it, when you get to meet some of the other course directors, they're just you just in awe of them like it's a real honor to be part of that part of that. i feel like sometimes feel like a bit of an imposter because you, you're rubbing shoulders with some real real pros right um but that, they're, they're the sort of people that you want to learn from because they you know they, they've done the doing and they're still doing it and they've worked out you know quick ways to achieve amazing things and they've worked with some some huge brands and some huge organizations yeah um but and you've all got training budgets and stuff so make use of them like invest in invest in that and one of the things we do at target internet is we help marketers uncover their weaknesses so we've got a lovely thing called the benchmarks uh, skills test where anybody can go along and it takes about it takes about 15 minutes or so and we'll ask you a whole bunch of like multiple choice questions and at the end of it you give a lovely little spider diagram that shows you where you're at at the moment and where the you sort of average other person at your level is at so you mm-hmm. can see where you like you're underachieving that areas where, and it, it's great because that's one of the big dangers with marketing you don't know what you don't know and actually, yeah. in a lot of cases, it's quite hard to understand what you do know until yeah. you're asked a question about it, right? So um, off the back of that, it'll make lots of recommendations on content and resources that we have. But that, that tool's free. Go along to targetinternet.com and check out the benchmark um, skills test. It's, it's a really great place to start. And I wish more marketers would, would do that and then invest in you know, learning to walk the walk rather than just kind of you know, hacking it all together. I, I, don't get me wrong, I've learned like that, but it's it takes bloody ages. It's so much better to have someone... At, that's done that before show you how to really do it you just get up to speed a lot quicker Um, and don't neglect the real world because it's like it's much bigger than the digital world (laughs) i think it always will be because get this like 
algorithms and bots don't buy yet. When they do, then then you know, then I might obsess about the latest Google algorithm. But the I suppose that's the big message here. The algorithm you all really need to hack is the human one. Because guess what? It doesn't matter what search engine or social media platform algorithm is at play when you're playing around with digital stuff. It is subservient to what people want. Yeah. Utterly exactly. subservient to that. That's what Facebook excel at. That's what Instagram excels at. That's what Google and Bing excel at. Right. So just just focus on that. Focus on the people behind all these clicks, and you, you're gonna you're gonna get better results, and you're gonna have a lot of fun doing it because people are fun. Algorithms are dull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and still people make the decision, the decisions at, at the end of the day. And as you said, F- Facebook, Google, and all of these platforms, they are just you know servants of uh, human yeah. decisions yeah. and. They, they are there's a lot you can do you know when you start playing around platforms you realize gosh what we've all got to do somehow in some way shape or form is to stop the scroll you know when people are online and they are in their digital sphere they are scrolling it's like we've all become little flicky finger maniacs haven't we like flicking the screen up and up and up what you've got to do is to grab their attention you can do that you know really easy with movement or color or comedy or fun or shock or horror or sadness you know very often emotions come into this but initially it's very often color and movement that grab yeah. retention and then like a motion perhaps a story something like that um and you know tie, tie that in because people people are really interested in in stories this is something else i've, I've found there's stories everything but when anything that grabs you just you know take a step back from it what what is the story element of it and you start to see what's the emotional element and when you start to combine movement with emotion and story wow you have like a super engagement magnet and like if you don't believe me take a stock of all the stuff that you've done and just see whether those three elements or two elements are in the ones that are doing better and then just start doing doing more of that but that's you know that that's suddenly where you know this real world and psychology and stuff really come comes into its own starts to play you know i I suppose i obsess about the first couple of words of everything because i know that's the bit that gets read when people skim stuff and then that can make a big a big difference so even those words that you that you choose to use that you open with can make the difference between it being skim read and not read at all and literally if they don't read it then it might as well not exist so you really have to sort of work at this but no, look at the stuff that i would start out with the stuff that's worked on me oh that's good how did they do that what was it about that so you sort of it's a shame in a way a bit like when you're analyzing films at university you ruin them don't you but you have to understand the magic behind the curtain in order yeah. to be a, become a magician yourself so uh so yeah that, th- these are all things that anybody can do and that's what's so fun about marketing i think like you ne- i've been at this 25 plus years and you never stop learning never stop learning and that's that's what makes it interesting i think and it you know people's do you know what people's motivations never change they're just obsessed with what's in it for me mm. like that for themselves all the time even yeah. when they are thinking about other people uh they're still there's still a what's in it for me <laughs> it's all oh, yeah, for, for bob yeah but but i want to be bob's friend so the, yeah this is something <laughs> in it for me do you know what i mean it's it's funny yeah even <clears throat> even the biggest philanthropist or <clears throat> you know donors they they do it for themselves as well because they feel happy if they help other people yeah so, just a bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah do you like uh, dissecting movies, by the way? Videos? I, do, oh, I love that. Mo- I love movies. I, I, well. I did. My degree was in English and drama. Okay. So, um, and I'm, award, I'm an award-winning pantomime dame. 
which for those of you who don't know, means I once dressed up as a woman on stage and was in a comedy play about it. It's, it's a British thing, pantomimes. British <laughs> thing. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I love... I love understanding. I've, I've always loved understanding like how stuff works. Like when I'm, I'm terrible. When I read a really amazing piece of writing, I'll enjoy it first and then like, right, how did that work? What and you ruined the piece. How did? Yeah, yeah. But it's it's because it that it's how things are built that interests me. I suppose how how it's worked out. And for me, I suppose as a natural storyteller, I do love telling stories and sharing stories. Yeah. Um, it's it's important because that's sort of how you learn your your craft exactly um, you put put things together and how you create hopefully engaging experiences yeah yeah features are good benefits they sell but stories are the best i think yeah well they they're, they're entertaining right yeah they, they, yeah they make it they make all the difference i can give you a list of instructions and bore you silly but if i i can get that same point across using a bit of story I mean, actually, the story doesn't need to be even that interesting, really. But we exactly it, as long exactly. as there's the, the stories have elements, you know, a beginning, a middle, and an end, and resolution, and yeah. maybe even a you know a character arc, and you have yeah. lots of these things. I've seen like Facebook posts that do that. Um, we've just recently written a blog post on the um, PAS writing mm. um, formula. Um, mm. So you you focus on a pain point or a, a problem, and then you agitate the reader a bit about that just to sort of bring that problem to the forefront and then you provide them with a solution yeah and and since writing that article i've become obsessed with it because everywhere i look it's the pas everywhere like every youtube video you ever see that makes you think oh i really want that yes pas and you start to discover oh gosh there's all these like copywriting tricks and tips that have been used for years like this stuff goes back to the probably the 19th century like advertising copy they work this out and it's all still hyper relevant today And that, and again, it's just another argument for gosh, like take the time, learn marketing, like learn, like rather than reinvent the wheel, learn what's come before, learn what some absolute yeah. geniuses have worked out, um, and, and and but start applying, you know, the, the modern world and and the modern things that people have their attention on. You know, back in the 19th century, it was mail order and catalogs and stuff like that. Now we've got the web. You know, we don't need need that, but but still, there's a bit of mail order and and catalogs and, and other stuff like that out there and ignore it at your peril really yeah 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 um yeah so you shared a lot of uh, great insights i here. don't know where it all came from daniel i feel like i've had verbal diarrhea i'm so sorry hopefully it makes sense <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was it was amazing it was very insightful i wouldn't go that far but yeah i've enjoyed it <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else you want to share maybe yeah well do you know what we've got this really great little um toolkit that we've put together at target internet okay so i haven't i haven't plugged target internet much really i should plug target internet stand by stand by to be pitch slapped target internet so we we're a training company and we do a, a thing called the digital marketing podcast um which has been going 10 years and we've got listeners in 180 plus countries and we've just had our three millionth download um and it's It's, it's me and a friend talking about stuff that we love um, and sharing insights and speaking to people we think are amazing and learning from them. Um, so, you know, much like, much like you do, Daniel, really. Um, but uh, so check that out. It's on it's wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, and, and there's lots of, of good content and some amazing people to meet on that. And the other thing that I suppose I'd love to give all of your listeners is a thing called the Digital Marketing Toolkit. So if you just uh -huh. Google um, Target Internet, 
digital marketing toolkit, you'll find it. And it's a PDF and it's packed full of all of our favorite tools that we found may make a huge difference. So I'm a big fan of having a good strategy before you get into tools, but who doesn't love shiny new toys? Um, and there's some, there's some tools in there. Like uh, doing the podcast for 10 years now, um, we've come across loads of tools and they come and go, um, but that, that toolkit is the cream of the crop as far as we're concerned. So we've, mm-hmm. we've tested probably hundreds and hundreds of tools. Over yeah. Time. Um, but those, they're the best ones and we, we constantly evolve it so sign up for our email um, it's called the marketing download you can find that on the podcast page sign up for that and you'll get that whenever that's updated but yeah little things like that can can help but most of all just be relentlessly curious and keep on learning I think it's the best advice I could give everyone out there because it's so much fun and you just get better at what you do and have more fun with it yeah and never get boring no that's <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be boring i don't know join a finance team or something that's oh it's controversial i know there are fun people in finance but not i, I know what many mean, of yeah. them <laughs> yeah yeah it's very i've just very alienated in the whole like a whole vast sway of, of industry yeah. uh, by doing that oh we love you finance we love you yeah yeah we are just hiring a do. financial manager by the way so <laughs> i hope the applicants are not listening now yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Kieran, uh, thanks again for uh, this uh, conversation. Oh, my pleasure. It was very insightful. And, uh, and thanks to the listeners as well. Every Thursday, we are coming out with a new audio podcast. You can find it on our website and on the major uh, podcasting platforms. Um, thanks again. Stay tuned. Have a nice day, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ecom Show podcast. If you want to learn more about e-commerce, retention marketing, check out our Facebook group called Top 3% E-commerce Email Marketing or check out our website, thebudaimedia.com. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. See you in our next episode and don't forget our goal. Grow your e-commerce business together.